HBO has developed a split personality. So in case you miss the premiere of Tales from the Crypt every Wednesday night at 11, you can tune in Monday night in primetime. New episodes air Wednesdays at 11, but they slay again Mondays in slime time. It's a Tales from the Crypt deja vu. program contains material that may be too intense for some viewers. Parental discretion is advised. Hey everybody, this is Brandon Ford and welcome to another TV edition of the Blind Rage Podcast. We are doing yet another Tales from the Crypt episode. This one from 1993, another episode from season five which as it turns out has some really good episodes this one is creep course starring ina shamasco anthony michael hall and jeffrey jones so um as always got to get some plugs out of the way um please check out my books on amazon.com by going to the amazon homepage or the Amazon app, typing in Brandon Ford, you'll find my titles in both paperback and Kindle editions. If you prefer audiobooks, you can go to the Audible app or audible.com, type in Brandon Ford, you'll find a bunch of my titles there. Please follow me on Instagram at writerbrandonford. And lastly, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, critiques, criticisms, recommendations, suggestions for episodes of Tales from the Crypt that you'd like me to do, or movies that you'd like me to do, but I know that you guys have been liking these episodes of Tales from the Crypt, and I'm glad to hear that, and I'm sure you have some favorites of your own, so if you would like me to do a specific episode feel free to email me at blindragepod81 at gmail.com or you can send me a message on instagram i don't know if i said my instagram handle it's late and i'm tired so this is an insomniac commentary but i'm trying to remain coherent yeah writer brandon ford on instagram or if you would prefer you can just leave a comment in one of the posts regarding uh, any of the episodes or any of the t- specifically one of the tales from the crypt episodes i think that would be best so yeah uh, i'm using the dvd as always because i have the whole set and uh, so if you want to watch along you can use that source or you can watch it on youtube or vimeo or Amazon Prime. So if you are about ready, we are going to get started in three. Hold on. Shit, I lost the play button on there. My hair does. <laughs> We're going to get started in three, two, one, play. So yeah, this is Creep Course, another episode that I watched when it first aired way back in 1993. I do specifically remember watching this episode for some reason. I just remember being crouched on the floor in my parents' living room in front of the TV. And yeah, as I've said before, this was 
definitely a show that I always, always, always looked forward to. It was like Christmas for me every time there was a new Tales from the Crypt. And um, this, I am pretty sure, I know Anthony Michael Hall has worked pretty consistently, but this, I believe, was the first time, at least that I can remember, seeing him post the John Hughes days. You know, I, I grew up a huge fan of weird science. Uh, I didn't get into 16 Candles or The Breakfast Club until later in my, in my teens when I was about 15. But Weird Science was a favorite of mine because it was, it was on TV a lot and it was just a really fun movie. And, you know, I remember Anthony Michael Hall being... Um, the nerd, he well, he wasn't really a nerd in, um, in Weird Science. He was more of a nerd in Sixteen. Matt, well, yeah, he was a bit of a nerd in Sixteen. Eh, no, hold on, he was a nerd in The Breakfast Club. He was a spaz in Sixteen Candles, and I think in Weird Science he was just very, very unpopular, and bullied. Um, but I remember seeing this, and he was all grown up. It was very jarring to me to see him. He was all filled out, big shoulders. Um, so yeah, that was that was interesting. Here's Jeffrey Jones. I, I I'm sure that you guys are expecting me to go into his sordid past and I really don't want to do it because it's not something that I enjoyed talking about but if you want to know his criminal history feel free to look it up on Wikipedia because I, I don't really want to talk about it I don't know anything about uh, what is this class uh, I don't remember what this class is, but they're learning about uh, Egyptian mummies. And I don't know if Ramseth was really, was a real, it was a real story if it were, if it was just created for the episode. I would say they made it up for the episode because of the amount of details uh, Jeffrey Jones' character puts into his lecture in this opening scene. He was, he was fond of doing that weird voice. Um, I don't know. I guess he thought it was funny, but it was just weird and creepy. But yeah, he was talking about Ramseth the uh, the mummy expecting a female partner and he said uh, and every time he would be disappointed but he didn't say that he didn't say it like that he said every time he would be disappointed and um, 
yeah, I remember him doing uh, that kind of weird voice in Stay Tuned uh, when he's trying to sell John Ritter the sub sub subscription to the cable. And he's talking about all the different programs and he does hot oil aerobics. Um, there are just certain things that certain actors do, especially comedic actors, that they think are particularly funny and they become sort of their trademark. But oftentimes they're just not amusing. Especially when you keep doing it. There's Nina Shamasco, sister of Casey Shamasco. And Nina, I knew. She looks very different here. Um, but I knew from License to Drive, of course. She played Corey Haynes' sister, Natalie. The, she plays a brain in that one too. She well, she says I'm not a brain or anything, but she is very smart in in this episode. But she's also, um, she's also very smart in License to Drive. But she's she's also one of those kids at um at school and university who have to, you know, uh, supplement the their tuition by working in the cafeteria. And Anthony Michael Hall's character is on a, a, a football scholarship. And, you know, he's one of those kids. I don't know if he necessarily was born with a silver spoon in his mouth, but he for sure has everything handed to him, in particular his his grades. Stella, is that her name? I don't remember that. And here, I think it was kind of cute because, you know, I don't think she's used to being spoken to and she gets that little piece of attention from someone of the opposite sex and she, she kind of just starts rambling and she can't stop until she's called by somebody on staff at the uh, cafeteria. Um, I mean, I, uh, I don't, uh, as I've said before, I don't like speaking, I don't like speaking ill about people, people's physical appearance. I don't like saying, oh, you know, he's ugly or she's ugly or I, I just think that's in poor taste. And I'm not saying that Anthony Michael Hall is ugly by any stretch of, by any means, but I think that while he does a good job in this episode, I think he was sort of miscast because of the type of character. I really think that you would have to have like a dream, like a real dreamboat heartthrob that would just make her melt. And although, you know, he's a good, he's a good looking enough guy. I just don't think he fits the bill. And, um, 
I just think this is ridiculous. So when he asks her to help her study and they meet at the library. She but she brings everything, including like a whole like maybe two bags of fresh blue Bic pens. And Yeah, football. He's on a football scholarship. So yeah, she brings like oh and it reminds reminds me of the Dane Cook the old Dane Cook joke where he talks about working in an office with um, the kind of uh, left brain type with a pocket protector who um, any filled with pens and as Dane says in the joke in case he needs to write a lot I mean you only need to carry around one pen if you need to to write um, throughout the day at various, you know, at various points in your day, if you're doing schoolwork or, or at your job, why all the pens? I don't know. I think that this episode would have benefited from. Because there, there really aren't a lot of characters in this episode. It's just the main three. But I think that it would have benefited from maybe... Not even necessarily a lengthy scene or a short scene with dialogue. But, you know, a glimpse of his, his carefree lifestyle. You know... Uh, maybe a shot of him playing football, maybe a shot of him with his his buddies, his gang, um, maybe a shot of him with uh, surrounded by girls, because this is the kind of character he's supposed to be. But when you see him, he's always alone. Um, and maybe uh, Nina Shamasco's character, Stella, seeing him in his... Uh, not in his comfort zone, but in, in his uh, element. And, you know, um, being a little envious because no matter what she does or how good her grades are, she'll never be on that same level. But he's promising to take her to, what is it, homecoming? She's kind of funny. I mean, she doesn't. She doesn't have physical humor. Um, she doesn't have a lot of physical humor. the the hu- The humor is in the dialogue and her delivery, and especially the the line right there, where he just he took her glasses off because he's trying to he's trying to manipulate her, manipulate her into thinking that you know she's pretty, and. Or she's more than what she thinks she is. And um, he says something like, can you see that? Or whatever. And then she says, well, I can't see at all without my glasses. So the objective here 
is that Anthony Michael Hall, whose character, his name I can't remember off the top of my head, but he wants her to steal the exam from their professor, Jeffrey Jones. And because she is a a prize student and she's trusted by the professor, she gets invited to his house. Or she asks to come to his house, I guess, to look at his artifacts and such, to, you know, have more of an understanding of the curriculum. But I think she has a pretty decent understanding, and she does exceptionally well in these classes, and she doesn't really... She doesn't really need to, uh... to go this extra mile. And I... I can't... I can't think of anything more... strange... especially when I was in school... Um, strange and uncomfortable than going to the house of a teacher. He did that. He did that inflection in his voice again. Bullshit. But yeah, she's he's got a tomb. He's got a fucking tomb in the basement of his house. Rand Randy, I think that's Anthony Michael's name. I don't know if I'm going to have time to talk about this later because everything happens. Wait. This isn't funny. Oh, that line. It drives me crazy. Fuck you, Jocko. Um, but um, I, I don't know if I'm going to have time to talk about this later because, you know, these, these episodes go by so fast. But later when we see... Stella, or when they come back to the tomb, or uh, when um, the professor comes back to the tomb, she's not only all made up in the clo I, I guess the clothing, or the co I don't want to say costume, but the she's she's you know transformed herself into Nephra. Uh, princess, I think she was a princess, who was Ramseth's love interest. But not only does she, I th and I would only assume that because the professor has so many artifacts, and uh, including a tomb in his basement, that he would have, you know, her costume, which is all fine and dandy, but she also has like full on makeup to look like Nephra, and first of all, um, the Stella character is not one to wear makeup, and second of all, I sincerely doubt there was a mirror down there, and third of all, I doubt there was like a whole table full of fucking 
Revlon or Maybelline or whatever the fuck for her to apply this shit or even if she would know how to apply any of this. Yeah, so the mummy comes out of the, out of the, um, well, is it, I'm confused, is it, yeah, the, the tomb is where the mummy resides, but with that underground space, it, or is that a tomb as well? Finley, that's the name of the professor. Okay, so now we know how he got the the mummy because his grandfather was a grave robber. Skullnick. Oh, God, what a name. Okay, Doc. I've lived up to my end of the deal. It's time to live up to yours. But your hair looks well balanced, relaxed, and joyful. And it really smells good. You know. Yeah, and like I said, Anthony McCall does a fine enough job in this episode, but I, I do still have trouble buying him, not only as the jock character, but as the the character who wants to turn tables and... And try to to be to take on the more dominant role between he and the professor. So yeah, he has he he He's trying to blackmail He's trying to blackmail the professor um because he wants some of the artifacts which were stolen. So I mean how even if you can it's like stealing the Mona Lisa. If you're if you manage if you manage to pull it off, what are you going to do with it? You can't sell it. This embalming... Um, for removing the brain through the nose. This embalming... Um, 
sequence is incredibly reminiscent of the first story. Well, this episode in general is reminiscent of the first segment or story in Tales from the Dark Side, the movie, Lot 249, which also deals with the mummy and also has a scene that is very difficult to watch and I'm thankful that I'm not, I can't see the TV, but, um, yeah, it, except in, I think it's, it's a lot, it's, they're both grisly. Anything going up somebody's nose, any sharp, impl, sharp, sharpened implement going up someone's nose and pulling out their brain is distasteful. Um, but at least in this, they have the actual tool to use it for. In Tales from the Dark Side, in the Lot 249 episode, the mummy uses a fashioned coat hanger. So I think what... What he just gave Anthony Ma Michael Hall was some sort of concoction that was mixed in with his his drink that um, I guess it it kind of turns his insides into a liquid substance that leaks out of his orifices, and I think that is a more efficient way of embalming the mummy or that's at least I don't know if again I don't know if all this is true so I think he's going back to make sure everything went okay with Stella. And this is darkly humorous because <laughs> she basically admits that she fucked the mummy in order to save her own life. And I like, as much as I don't like Jeffrey Jones, the person... I do like his reaction when she says, when she admits that uh, they slept together and he just goes, wow. So she has a bit of a transformation here. Oh, geez. Mm-hmm. So, 
Uh-oh, here's a very important piece of information. Ramseth was very jealous. Uh-oh. Okay, so she found the actual, or she has the actual tool to, that was used to pull the brains out of, of the mummy, which is a very horrific scene that is going on right now. But also, I also find it interesting that it is, it, the tool is in like pristine condition, like it just came off the assembly line. Something that's supposed to be, I don't know, thousands of years old. Oh, but I want to get to this real quick before because I know it's gonna it's gonna go quickly. Um, so yeah, now we're at the, at the university again, and she turned in her project, which was um, mummified the mummified remains of Anthony Michael Hall and Jeffrey Jones in tombs, and did I get a grade? See, she she is like she's gone now i guess and i don't understand where that came from and then you see the grade on the um on the on the um on the fucking project and it says it says something like very very good very realistic or something like that a plus now i mean like who wrote that because jeffrey jones was the teacher Yeah, so hmm. I don't know. I like I like it, but it's a it's a little goofy. I think after season five, the quality of the show started to. T well, I mean, there are some definite clunkers in this season for sure, but in season six, it really started to go downhill. Well, that was Tales from the Crypt Creep Course. And I, as always, want to say thank you for staying with me to the bitter, bitter end. And yeah, until next time, this is Brandon Ford wishing you all unpleasant dreams.